0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: We're back in better than ever, Greeny dancing with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, my guest on the Shell Pins All Performance Line. A little bit of a festive feel in the air today, and I'm delighted that you have chosen to spend a little time with me here, as this will be my last radio show of the year. And we're going to do something that we're going to call Green Stradamus coming up here in just a few minutes. uh, during which I'm going to predict the future for you. You probably have heard by now what's going to happen is I've got a little time off. I haven't taken any time off this whole year, so I'm taking off next week after the holiday. And then when I come back, we're going to be moving the show up to an earlier time every day, starting 10 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, coast to coast, which we're excited about, and I'm looking forward to doing. But the sum total of it is that there are a lot of things that are going to happen between now and the next time that we are all together. And I know what you're wondering, You're wondering, Greeny. Tell us what all those things are going to be. And the good news is I'm going to do exactly that. With the help of my, my trusty, disheveled board operator, hashtag Bubba, we are going to take a look into the future because, as I've told you many times, mine is that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until after my time. But I want to start with this developing story in the NBA because for the second consecutive day, we have something like this. The Houston Rockets and the NBA – are reviewing video of James Harden partying maskless at a strip club to determine if he violated the league's COVID protocols, putting the All-Stars' availability for today's season opener in question. This is in a story by ESPN's Tim McMahon. The video, which was published by Black Sports Online and has been circulating on social media, is purportedly from a Houston strip club's Christmas party held this week. The Rockets and the league office are attempting to verify that it is indeed a recent video which would confirm that Harden violated the league's protocols. The protocols prohibit players from going to bars, lounges, or clubs and from participating in social gatherings of more than 15 people. Sources have also told our Tim McMahon, and I think this is relevant, that Harden had COVID during the summer before the NBA's restart, which is why he was late reporting to the bubble players who have recovered from the coronavirus are still required to follow the league's health and safety protocols. If he is found in violation of the NBA's protocols, he could face a fine or a suspension. A suspension would cost him almost $285,000 a game. That's how much money he makes. So um, what does all of this add up to? Look, I mean, we yelled and screamed about this yesterday, and I'm not going to sit here and repeat all of the things that I said. But I will say that if you're James Harden and you want to be paid like one of the faces of the league and, oh, by the way, you want to demand a trade, then you might want to act a little bit the part, you know, I mean, this is just unprofessional and it is unbecoming of a person in his position, in my opinion. And again, I'm not here to cast moral judgment. Hanging out in strip clubs is something that is, is very different. I think the connotations of that feel very different today than they did when I was a person in my 20s. Um, And whether they do or they don't is really not my business. I have what, what the heck difference does it make to anyone what I think of someone hanging out in a strip club. So that has nothing to do with the conversation. The conversation is exclusively about the fact that this year more than any other, and we said this about Dwayne Haskins yesterday, every single person within the framework of a sport are fully dependent on every other person meaning it, it has become the ultimate team sport just to keep this thing going. Now, I know you're going to think to yourself, well, James Harden already had this, so he knows that he's not a danger to anybody else or a threat to anybody else or to himself. And what I would say is, I don't know that we know anything except that the protocols say it is against the rules. And if there's ever been a time to follow the rules when everyone is desperately trying to cling to all of the money that they make. I'm talking about the billions of dollars that hang in the balance with this stuff every single day. And we never realized, I think, how precarious it all was until a pandemic all of a sudden came upon us. I think it behooves everyone to be a leader. And so if you're James Harden, do you feel like you've acted like a leader? Do you feel if by not showing up, to your team's training camp the last couple of weeks because you were in Atlanta going to a little baby's birthday party and then you were in Vegas and now you're in a strip club over Christmas whether you've already had the coronavirus or not? Is that what a leader does? Is that what a person that you want to build a business around does? Is that what the face of your franchise does? It's not what the face of my franchise does. So I would say James Harden is making himself less and less appealing to potential trade suitors. It feels like almost by the minute. He's like something on a he's like a Carson Wentz jersey in Philadelphia right now. The value is just dropping from it every single day. It's over on that discount rack right now, 50% off. And it feels like it's just going to keep going that way. Now, Harden can erase all of that, obviously, because he's a brilliant talent. And if he gets out on the floor and starts playing like James Harden and starts putting up numbers unlike anything we've practically ever seen before, then a lot of this will go away. But it is something to keep in mind. And to me, that is just, I can frame it all very simply with that question. Is that how a leader in any industry, in any endeavor, is that how a leader behaves during these the most challenging of times we have ever faced and will ever face? I know what my answer is. I'll leave it to you to answer it for yourself. All right, Greenie with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today, find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right, next up, Bubba. Life is a series of choices. Who you got?
0: Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got?
1: All right. So who you got is usually a binary proposition where hashtag Bubba will present to me a bunch of different questions that have two options. And I will have to choose what I've got for this particular edition, Bubba, of who you got. What we're going to do is take a look at some of the things that are going to happen in sports over the next week and a half. And I will see the future as only I can. With that, we introduce the one and only hashtag Bubba. Hello, Bubba. Hello. How are we feeling today? Oh, it's
0: festivus.
1: Feeling it great. It is a festivus big day for the rest of us, and we will do the airing of grievances a little bit later, and then, Bubba, we will then turn to the feats of strength. Perfect. But for the moment, let us begin with the questions in which Greeny sees all. Oh yeah. Over the next ten days, what do you
0: have? All right, we'll start with a little college football. So, who will win in the college football playoff semis? It's happening on New Year's Day, and we got the Rose Bowl game, and it's on ESPN, and also right here on ESPN Radio. And it's number four Notre Dame, and it's number one Alabama, but this one is Alabama minus nineteen and a half who you got there well if if you were with us yesterday, you heard Brian Kelly
1: on this show. I like Brian very much, and i'm I would love to see Notre Dame make this a game. I don't see practically any way that the Irish win. I think Alabama is just head and shoulders better than they are. To me, the only, so, so, so who's going to win the game? Clearly, Alabama's going to win the game. The question becomes, do they cover that very lofty number? And with my heart, Bubba, more than my head, I'm going to say no, they don't. With my heart, I'm going to say that the Irish make this an interesting game and do not get blown out. Now, I was at the game the last time these two played each other. It was in Miami. It was in the BCS championship game in Alabama. It was about as one-sided as a game could be immediately. I really hope it doesn't look like that this time around. And it may not only because I think that Alabama team was more physically dominating, whereas this one is just has a chance to put 70 points on you. Hopefully, the Irish can, can put some points on the board and make that an interesting track meet. So, Bubba with my heart, not my head. The official greeny prediction is that Alabama wins but does not cover the lofty number. I will make the final score Alabama 44, Notre Dame 30. That's my
0: prediction. Bubba, what's next? All right, the second game is the Sugar Bowl and it's also on ESPN, also on ESPN Radio. Number 3 Ohio State, number 2 Clemson. This one is Clemson minus seven and a half. Who you got? See, that feels like a a good number.
1: (sighs) If you know me, you know that I went to school in the Big Ten, and I went to school in the Big Ten at a time that the teams I rooted for, meaning my Northwestern teams in both football and men's basketball, were so bad that it wasn't ever a question of whether we were going to play in significant games. So I always, as a default, have rooted for the Big Ten, even as Northwestern has become good in both of those sports. I I root in in the absence of anything else. I root for the Big Ten just because I root for the conference. So I'm rooting for Ohio State. But I will say I have been less impressed by Ohio State than I have been by Clemson. And the reality is in games in which Trevor Lawrence has played, no one has played Clemson remotely close. They obliterated Notre Dame. They've obliterated everyone in their path save for two games this year. And they were the two that Trevor Lawrence didn't play. So I do not see Ohio State beating them, and I do not see Ohio State covering that number. The official Green Stradamus pick on this day will be Clemson 41, Ohio State
0: 20. That is the official Greeny pick for the Sugar Bowl. Bubba, what else do we have? All right, we'll stay in the Big Ten, and Ohio State has had no problems with this fella, Jim Harbaugh. Will he have a new deal, and will he stay at Michigan? Well, those to me, Bubba, feel like two different questions. The second
1: one is easier to answer than the first. The first one is the complicated one. Will he stay? The answer is yes. Jim Harbaugh will be the head football coach at Michigan going forward. The question is, will they work out something long-term with him? And my prediction is the answer is yes. I just don't think you can go into a college football season with a lame duck coach, not anywhere, much less Michigan. I'm going to say, yes, Jim Harbaugh remains in Ann Arbor and has something added to his contract to make it feel less impossible for them to compete going forward. Greeting with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, my guests on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. We are taking a look into the future, a glimpse at what will happen over the next 10 days while we
0: are spending a little time on vacation. Bubba, give me one more good one. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. How about Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? Who will be the second quarterback picked in the upcoming NFL draft. See, so now this is interesting
1: to me because I'm coming back January 4th. Well, we got to get an answer now. Well, the NFL draft is April 20 something, right? <laughs> what? This is not going to be decided, Bubba, by eight by January 4th. Well, here's a, what a true Green is going to decide it right now. Here's what I'm going to tell you: no ifs, ands, buts, or questions of any kind. Justin Fields will be the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft this year and will be a top five, if not top three. I'm, I'm willing to go so far as to say top five lock because he is a guy that NFL teams are going to fall in love with. He has had a less than spectacular season. Northwestern's defense gave him a very tough time on Saturday. He had a little bit of a thumb. And I think Clemson's going to give him a hard time. And so all the narrative is going to be about his stock dropping. And you're going to hear names like Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and, and um, Mac Davis and, and other, others like that. What did I say? Mac Davis? What is the kid's name I'm thinking of? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Bra- Mac, Mac Jones. Sorry. What am I saying? Uh,
0: Mac, you're saying Mac Davis? Mac, I don't know. Right. What am
1: I trying to say? The quarterback of Alabama is what I'm trying to say for crying Mac out Jones, loud. Right? Mac Jones. All those names are going to start creeping into the conversation. And then the process of evaluation is going to begin. And they're going to get a good look at how big, strong, fast, and talented Justin Fields is. And every team in the NFL is going to fall in love with him. And when it is all said and done, he will be a runaway choice to be the second quarterback taken in this year's draft. All right, Bubba, well done. We'll do some more of those a little bit later this morning as I'll continue to see the future as only I can. Be a part of Greeny Nation. The Dr. Pepper call-in line will open to you a little bit later today. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is winding down, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. Treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. There is a story that I find extraordinarily interesting, and I, I wonder if you will as well. And that is Juju Smith-Schuster and his inclination towards dancing on the midfield logo of every opposing stadium he goes into play. Now, if you're not familiar with this, Juju Smith-Schuster, who was a free agent this summer, by the way, or this offseason from Pittsburgh, it has an extraordinary social media presence. So these dances that he's doing are TikTok dances. And he has used them extremely effectively to make himself into a very, very important person in that sphere. He is a very, very big deal on TikTok and in social media. And I know this. You say to yourself, Greeny, you know this how? I know this because I have an 18-year-old son. And my 18-year-old son will tell you, he will look you in the face and tell you, Juju Smith-Schuster is the most lit player in the NFL. That is my direct quote. From my 18-year-old son, Steven. Juju Smith-Schuster is his favorite player. The dances that Juju does, my son and all his friends do. So Juju is not doing this because he's trying to rile anybody up. He's doing this because it is his brand. This is part of his brand. I feel like that needs to be out there in the the conversation. I don't know if it makes it better, worse, or indifferent, but it needs to be said. He's not doing this because he's trying to rile anybody up. He's trying to... um, Even if what he's ultimately doing indirectly is disrespecting his opponent, that's not what he's doing. He is, I believe, in his mind, doing what his fans want. To quote the great Jalen Rose, he's giving the people what they want. And I'm here to tell you, lots of people want it. So what does it mean? Is it okay? Mike Tomlin. Your thoughts.
0: I am aware of it and I do plan to talk to Juju, but we're professionals. I I doubt any of those antics and things of that nature are are legitimate motivating factors as you step into professional stadiums. But it's about respect. And and so we'll have a conversation. But I understand it's about the quality of play inside the white lines. And so I'm not seeking comfort or looking for excuses based on our recent performances on things that occur in pregame or things of that nature that are social media related.
1: So here's what I would say. I think that's a good answer from Tomlin, who is a good answerer of questions. Here's what I would say about the Juju Smith-Schuster thing. If you were to start making a list of problems the Pittsburgh Steelers have, to quote another song in this case, they got 99 problems, and Juju dancing is not one of them. This is absolutely nothing. This is the entertainment part of sports, and it's just fine. Because the Bengals players who said, oh, they they felt disrespected and they wanted to hit Juju, they were only saying that because they did. At the end of the day, and Dominique said it really well on TV with us this morning, it's not like those guys walk into the stadium before the game and say, you know what, I think I'm going to give it 75% today. And then they see Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on their logo, and they say, you know what, now I'm going to make it 100 because that guy danced on my logo. I don't think there's anything to this. I actually think it's a good thing. So to me, I say, dance, juju, dance. I got literally no issue with it whatsoever. And I don't see why anyone else would either. Greeny with you. Uh, Next thing here I wanted to get to is Bill Belichick. I love listening to Bill Belichick make other people uncomfortable. Because Bill Belichick and I, in so many ways, are opposites. He and I are diametrically opposed human beings. And among the many ways that we are so different is that I cannot take any uncomfortable silence. I can't take dead air. You listen to my radio show. You listen to my old one. You watch my TV show. There's never a second of dead air. It makes me feel antsy. If no one is talking, I need to fill the space because it is uncomfortable if it is unfilled. Bill Belichick lives for unfilled space. And so I present this excruciating conversation between Bill and Mike Reese, who is our Patriots reporter and an excellent reporter. And Reese has been asking him for weeks. Is Cam going to be your quarterback next week? Is Cam going to be your quarterback next week? And Bill isn't going to answer. And finally, today, Bill just wasn't having it anymore. And this exchange ensued. And again, I will warn you ahead of time. These will be the most uncomfortable 48 seconds of your day. Here we go.
2: Hey, Bill, uh, would this be in the, the first practice of the week and you guys going through your meetings the last couple days, um, were you sticking with Cam at quarterback?
3: Yeah. Mike, we're not answering that question every day. I've been through this for a month.
1: I totally respect that. I think just with the circumstances changing over the last um, – you know last couple of days with the playoffs that's why i asked
2: is it is it how about is it if i want to let you know if we're going to make a change that sounds good to me is it, is it partly due to competitive reasons that you you don't want
1: to
3: let the bills know any questions on buffalo mike <laughs>
2: good thanks bill <laughs> hey,
1: thanks bill i mean it hurts me Are you like me? Like, my teeth itch listening to that conversation. Like, I can't sit through it. I'm not even present. I'm playing you a tape. That's not happening right in front of our eyes. And I can't take, I can barely sit here. Like, I can't play that for you again. If you say, Greeny, that was so much fun. Can you please play it again? I can't do it. I can't sit through that again. It hurts me to listen to it. I don't know how he does it. It's so painfully Awkward. All right, Graziano is on the way. We'll get to the bottom of what is going on in DC. And the opposite of that conversation was Jeff Van Gundy's description of his drive from the bubble to Houston. He did it on Zach Lowe's podcast, and this was will be the best 40 seconds you will have today.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around.
1: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Some interesting stuff here coming out of Pittsburgh. I'm just reading as we're getting set to come back on here from our Steelers reporter. We'll get to that, and we'll have Dan Graziano in a minute. But I wanted to play this for you quickly, just because we played this excruciatingly awkward Jeff Van I mean uh, Bill Belichick soundbite. Let's go to the opposite side. The discussion between Zach Lowe on the Low Post podcast and Jeff Van Gundy was so compelling that it the whole thing, if they talked for two hours, the whole thing felt like it went by in three minutes. And I just want you to hear one quick exchange. who who is on hold, is going to enjoy this as much as anybody else. Just listen to Zach Lowe and Jeff Van Gundy just schmoozing on a podcast.
0: What's the drive from Orlando to Houston? 17,
1: 17. Ooh. Half,
3: yeah. So
0: you got to stop. You got to have an
3: overnight somewhere.
1: No, no, straight through. Both ways. Wow. People always ask me, don't you want some
3: company? You want to listen to a, no uh, insult intended. Do you want to listen to a podcast? I said, no, I want to drive in silence. The radio, <laughs> the radio was on like maybe 12 minutes out of the 17 hours. It's a great place for conversation or just deep thought, you know, so it was interesting. Like on the way back, the best part of it was I was a part of an interview process and they had their team psychologist talk to me on the phone. So I had a two hour therapy session on the way back. Uh, it was great. I loved See- it.
1: How entertaining a guy is Jeff Van Gundy, and that's the beauty of these podcasts. I love these long-form interview podcasts. I do one myself because you get a chance to really hear from these people that you normally get in snippets or in circumstances where you don't get their full personality, like Dan Graziano, who I can tell you right now is one of the five most interesting people you will ever meet, and you don't usually get a chance to figure that out as he joins me on television regularly or joins me now here on ESPN Radio on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, my NFL insider. Hello, Dan Graziano. Hello, Greeny. How are you? I'm fine.
2: I feel played, like I just saw you.
1: Yeah, I, I played some, excruciating, <laughs> some excruciatingly awkward Bill Belichick sound a little earlier when, when Mike Reese had the unfortunate <laughs> task of trying to find out if he's changing quarterbacks this week. The one thing we do know, however, is they'll be making coaching changes in New England because their quarterbacks coach has become the new head coach at the University of Arizona, which is only reasonably interesting to most people. But what would be very interesting is if Josh McDaniels is one that follows him out the door. So I want to start the conversation there. Is there a sense in your mind that McDaniels is going to become a head coach during this cycle?
2: Well, you know, it's not a name you hear as much anymore, which is weird. It doesn't doesn't mean the answer is no, but, you know, there have been a lot of coaches that have left that organization the last couple of years. You look at, you know, from – Matt Patricia and Brian Flores and Joe Judge and all these that have become head coaches, not to mention the assistants that went with some of them. So uh, every time that happens, you know, you kind of wonder like, would McDaniels sort of join this exodus, uh, as it were? Um, And he hasn't, right? The closest he came is he accepted the Colts job, what was it, three years ago and then backed out. Uh, after the Super Bowl, and and that I'll tell you what that that didn't help him, right? <laughs> like if you're if you're uh, thinking about hiring a head coach and you saw him do that to the Colts, that that makes you think twice. So uh, McDaniel's an interesting case. I think he you know, he's still young. He's still uh, somebody that people look at as somebody who could do the job. But I think it's going to have to be just the right circumstance for him because and he's always said I think that you know his job is is a pretty good one. I, I think he has long considered his current job maybe better than some head coaching jobs. And so he's not just going to rush to grab anything. And and then to combine that with the fact that, again, the bloom might be off a little bit based on Indianapolis situation. And the fact that he hasn't really gotten a ton of interviews the last couple of cycles.
1: All right. So we'll see what winds up happening with him. Next order of business is Washington. Uh, I spoke yesterday at some length about the situation with Dwayne Haskins. And I mean, it all just sort of is what it is at this point. I guess I would ask you what, if anything further, we've heard about how the organization may handle it and how the league might get involved, if at all.
2: Well, the league was saying as of this morning, that any discipline would be um, handled by the team, that there wouldn't be any from the league. So I think that tells you that they're confident that, that Washington is on top of it and that, then that uh, they'll take appropriate action. But uh yeah, we were talking about this morning on on the show. It's it's tough because they may need him to play. Like like he's Alex Smith may not be healthy enough to play this weekend in a game they they pretty much have to win. Uh, and so Haskins might have to to play after obviously a, a tough week between him and the organization. So you know it's why the uh, it's why these coaches get paid the big bucks, right? It's why Ron, Ron Rivera's uh, got to manage this situation somehow in terms of disciplining him and also getting his head right, potentially to be a starting quarterback for him this weekend.
1: Dan Graziano, my NFL insider, is with me here on ESPN Radio. So I was just reading as we were coming out of break the um, some quotes from or, or some tweets from Brooke Pryor, who covers the Steelers for us at ESPN. And she's, she has – I'm just going to read it to you here. Roethlisberger said – Ben Roethlisberger said today he called a players-only meeting, quote, it had nothing to do with the losses – It had everything to do with where we are and where we're going. It wasn't a players-only panic meeting. It was necessary moving forward going into the postseason. And apparently in this meeting, Roethlisberger asked everyone to raise their hands in the room if they had been in the playoffs. And only about half the hands were raised. He said he called the meeting for vets to talk with younger guys about how to handle the playoffs, something the Steelers haven't been in since 2017. It's so fascinating what has happened to the Steelers this year, Dan, and we talked about it on TV this morning. Do you feel, based upon, you were the one who said it yesterday, Ben Roethlisberger's cap number is $41 million next year. Do you feel like we're seeing the end of him in Pittsburgh?
2: I, I always, I feel like we've been asking that question for years. I, I, like, because he, he always kind of flirts with it, right, in the offseason and drops a hint here or there that he might consider retiring. But yeah, look, he's 38. Uh, one year left on the contract. That at a number that is going to have to change. They're going to have to get it down somehow. Whether it takes a pay cut, whether they move on from him, whether he retires, whether they extend him. So th- there's an issue to be worked out. A lot of it will depend on what he wants to do. I think. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's nuts to imagine that some of it might depend on how they do. Right. <laughs> like, uh, do they advance into the playoffs? Do they win the Super Bowl? Um, could that affect his decision making? But look, we're, we are close. I don't think he's going to play for ten more years. Obviously. Uh, And I don't think it would be the biggest shocker of the NFL offseason if uh, either he decided to hang it up or they weren't able to work something out. So, yeah, I think it's I think if you're the Steelers right now, you have to at least be trying to figure out what the succession plan is, because it's not it's not going to be forever here. And and given the contract situation and given how he's come close a couple of times, it's it's probably something they don't want to get surprised by.
1: Well, that's going to be a game of, of musical chairs with quarterbacks, I think, during this offseason. And we'll see if there was one available in Pittsburgh. And if so, who winds up sitting in it? Dan Graziano, outstanding as always. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Green. Dan Graziano, my NFL insider, joins me regularly here. And we'll take him with us to the new time slot when we come back around the beginning of next year. Coming up next here, the hottest take of the week by far. I used it on TV and it came from you. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickRanger.com or just stop by. Meanwhile, James Harden has posted on Instagram. Um, it is actually on his Instagram story. I opened the hour by talking about the report that he had been in a strip club earlier this week with no mask, in violation of any number of league protocols. Here is what James Harden posted: One thing after another. I went to show love to my home girl at her event, not a strip club, because she is becoming a boss and putting her people in position of success, and now it's a problem. Every day, it's something different. No matter how many times people try to drag my name under, you can't. The real always end on top. So that's uh, James Harden's response to all of this. I felt obligated to read it to you. Uh, To me, it's not addressing the most important part of it, which, again, I will repeat. To me, this has nothing to do with the choice of a strip club as the venue. That is a... If indeed there is even a moral element to that, that's for you to decide and for them to decide. I make my own decisions for myself. I'm not interested in making those kinds of decisions for anybody else. I don't care who goes to a strip club. But violation of COVID protocols is a violation of COVID protocols in a group full of maskless people. It really doesn't make any difference what other clothing they're wearing, right? The clothing we're talking about in this particular case, James, is the mask. If they were not wearing masks, then they were stripped in the one way that really counts during the pandemic. And that's the point we're all trying to make here. Now, I know he apparently had, again, in the report I read it to you earlier, he had COVID earlier this summer. These are the rules. I'm not making them. I think we should be following them. We're trying as hard as we can to get out of this thing. And the best way to get out of this thing is to do the things that the people who know what they're talking about are telling us to do so we can get out of this thing as quickly as possible. So to me, James Harden, I'll say, I I open the hour by saying it, I'll say it again. Is this how you think the leader of an organization acts? Does the leader of of a multi-billion dollar business of any sort behave this way? Not mine. So if you're interested in trading for him, you go ahead and do so. Um, I will take a pass. All right, it is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And the Straight Talk today is going to be the three hottest takes of the week. So hashtag Bubba, give me a little music and I will present to you what I think have been the three hottest takes. I have had this week.
3: Number three. At
1: number three, I'm going to say the following, and it pains me to say it. Because you know my three least favorite words are, I was wrong. But I think if you held my feet to the fire right now and said I have to cast a vote, I would vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP. And it pains me to say it because I have been the one I've riding... Captaining the locomotive, not just the train, the Patrick Mahomes train. It's a, it's a speeding locomotive. And I still believe that Patrick Mahomes is the front runner for MVP each of the next 15 years. But I think if you just look at the situation, look where the Packers are. Did you see it coming? I didn't. Did you see this team being as good as it is, being in the position that it is right now? Did you see him galvanizing it in this way after the way they handled their offseason? I didn't. I give Aaron Rodgers all the credit in the world. It's the direct opposite, diametric opposition to what I was just saying about leadership. Aaron Rodgers has taken this franchise and put it on his shoulders and is carrying it the way great ones do, the way great pros do. So right now, if I were to cast a vote, even though every part of me wants to say Patrick Mahomes, if I had a vote for MVP, I would give it to Aaron Rodgers because he would deserve it. That's number three. Number two. Number two came from you. Number two came from Jake, who called into our Hot Take segment earlier this week and gave me one that was absolutely blistering.
2: Greenie, this take will keep you warm for the entire winter. <laughs> this year, Carson Wentz has been the sixth best quarterback in his own division. Dak <laughs> Prescott, Daniel Jones, Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, and Jalen Hurts. I've got him one spot ahead of Colt McCoy.
1: So he actually just said fifth. But what he should have said is that he's not a top five quarterback in his own division because he named five names. So he softened it in the cell. Jake, it's the cell that is the key to the take. But the reality is Daniel Jones, Alex Smith, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Andy Dalton in no particular order have all been better quarterbacks this year. That's five. So he's not top five. Colt McCoy, Ben DiNucci, Dwayne Haskins, not putting any of them ahead of him. So that is the take, Jake, and it's well done. And it leads me to the last one. Number one. Number one is this. I've been talking to Dan Orlovsky a lot about this. I do not believe Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts can both be Eagles next year. You know, there's a great moment at the end of the, the, the Broadway brilliant musical Hamilton in which Aaron Burr sings, I should have known the world was large enough for both Hamilton and me. I do not think the Eagles are large enough for Wentz and Hurts. They can't do it. They can't do it. As Dan Orlovsky said to me, you can have competition. You can be competitive in the quarterback room, but you cannot be combative. And that's what it feels like they are. It feels like Carson Wentz has turned this into a thing. All Jalen Hurts has done is show up and... Ball. It wasn't his fault. He got drafted in the second round to this team, to Carson's team. That Carson is a little too sensitive to deal with that. But whatever it is that's happened in the past contributed to a psychological situation where he couldn't deal with it. None of this is Jalen Hurts' fault. All he's done is be given the ball and run with it. But I don't think Carson can handle it, and I think it'll eventually become a problem for the football team. So I think they've got to decide once and for all. And it isn't crazy to say. We're going to make this Carson, we are going to make this work with Carson Wentz, in which case I think they need to move Hurts. Or the likelier scenario is they're going to decide we're going to make this Jalen's team, in which case they've got to figure out some way to move Carson. Straight talk, wireless, no contract. No compromise. All interesting stuff. Okay, Ryan Clark will join me coming up off the top of our next hour. We have a lot of things to get into. Haven't gotten into the first two games of the NBA season. Last night, I have a few things there. We have some more green Stradamus. As I tell you all the time, mine is that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until after my time. I'll tell you all the things that are going to happen in the next 10 days. All those and more on the way. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greenie Live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greenie on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greenie the Podcast.